Welcome to the New Normal Podcast that includes you and in our conversations about the scriptures and how we think about God. We are seekers of truth, askers of lots of questions, and wannabe scriptorians. We strive to demonstrate the joy of living the gospel of Jesus Christ through the study of the scriptures. So let's get started. Hey guys, um, I'm not going to introduce, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So we got a couple student guests <clears throat> to today's podcast. Go ahead. Uh, I'm Tristan King. Tristan King. And? All right, I'm Madeline Oitzman. Yeah, she said something. That's awesome. <laughs> they are both students over here at Combs Seminary. So we like, we like our special guests. Yep. All right, so I got a question for you guys. Um, do you guys like Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no. You've never seen trouble. Star Wars? <laughs> All right, Lord of the Rings. Right. Lord, uh, Maddie, no, neither have I. She likes Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, okay. All right, I got a Harry Potter question for you. Okay, so there's like seven movies. What would you do if you got to the end of the seventh movie and it's actually revealed that Voldemort was the good guy and Harry and the and, and everybody else were bad guys? Um. Like total plot twist, surprise ending. Voldemort's actually the good guy. Yeah. Dumbledore is actually the evil genius. Yeah, plotting he's like he's he's like brainwashing all the students. What would that do to your life? I think I would question my loyalty. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, same thing with you. Star Wars. You get to the end of it. Palpatine's actually the good guy. The Resistance are the bad guys. He's like, why don't you guys just leave me alone? I'm trying to create peace in the in the universe. Yeah, I think the same thing. Like that would really suck. <laughs> I question my loyalty for sure. Yeah, would you question your your ability to judge? Yeah, um, good, good, and good and evil, right? I don't think I would question my ability to judge because the whole rest of the time you were under the perception that it was a good guy or a bad guy, and I mean, so easily, oh, pretty yeah, easily yeah. swayed, then, huh? I mean, I don't well, know. I mean, I evidence is stack, right? Yeah, I can make pretty good judgments based on evidence, but in the end, if I don't know if the evidence at the end was showing the opposite of what I thought. I mean, I would then I would. I, would, would, I think it would ruin the movies, but okay, <laughs> because we need we need good guys, we need bad guys, because that's that's who we're cheering for. We're emotionally. Book of Mormon. Who are the good guys? It's kind of all over the place. <laughs> who are the good guys in the Book of Mormon? Name a few. Nephi. No, the like the, the which oh the, the good guys. Oh. Whoever is being righteous. Okay, but good normally he got me. Good he answer. totally got me on that one. I'll say it, Nephites. <laughs> Nephites are normally good guys, therefore the bad guys are the Lamanites. Okay, so what would happen to a story if they switched roles? Helaman chapter six, verse one says, and it came to pass that in the sixteen second year of the reign of the judges, all these things that happened in the Lamanites or and the Lamanites had become the more part of them a righteous people, insomuch that their righteousness did exceed that of the Nephites because of their firmness and their steadiness in the faith. See, and that almost waters it down because you learn at the end of chapter 6, it's not that they simply exceed the righteousness of the Nephites. The Nephites are bad guys. They're wicked. Um, where does it say that they really like the Gadianton robbers? Is that right there at the end of chapter 6? The Nephites did build them up. Chapter, uh, chapter 6, 38. The Nephites did build up the Gadianton robbers, supported them, beginning at the more wicked part of them until they had overspread all the land of the Nephites. So not only did they oversee them in righteousness, but Nephites go nosedive. So we have three principles, and thus we see in verses 34, 35, and 36, the Nephites began to dwindle in unbelief and grow in wickedness abominations, 
the Lamanites began to grow in their knowledge of the God and began to keep the statutes and commandments. That's number one. Number two, thus we see the Spirit of the Lord began to withdraw from the Nephites because of their wickedness and the hardness of their hearts. And number three, we see that the Lord began to pour out His Spirit among uh, upon the Lamanites because of their easiness and willingness to believe in His words. So should we pose the chicken and the egg scenario here? Well, I just want to know, is it easy to believe in the words of God? Do you guys think it's easy? That's assuming they're Lamanites. Well, I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I mean, is, is there easiness to it? Um, I don't know. I feel like it kind of goes both ways. Like it's, it's easy in the fact that it's what we've been taught our whole lives. And if you're born in the church, you know, and it's something that you grow with. But I feel like at the same time, there's so much harsh judgment and treatment that you get from believing the right thing. And it could be so easy to just give it up and fall into that trap of, I, don't know, I guess being worldly like everyone else is, you know. Well, I, well, I feel yeah. like you gave me both answers. But here, but let's push back a little bit. You gave bit. me the Nephite and the Lamanite answer. But, but push back a little bit in that if the world were to view your life from the outside looking in, could they view your faith as blind faith or blind obedience? You do it only because you've been taught since you were born. I mean... And how do you answer that claim? Well, with an outside view, I'm sure they could. So but... what do you say to somebody who says that? You're only, old, you're only Mormon because your mom's Mormon. Well, I have the choice if I want to go to church. I have the choice if I want to live the gospel or go to the temple and do baptisms and stuff. I have the choice to do that, and I have the choice to be righteous or not righteous. Um, that comes from me, and that's a desire that I have in my own heart. And it's, like you said, I'm sure an outside person looking in would say that it's blind faith because I was born that way, but it comes from my own passion and my own faithfulness to the gospel. I think that's why the there's there's both parts there because of the because of their easiness and willingness. So two sides. Yeah, because it's the gospel's easy, so right? You see agency and faith, right? Bap, uh, repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost, covenant path, like that's easy to understand. Primary kids all the time. What should you do when you're scared? Pray. Like they know the answers. Okay? But it's the willingness to do it. It actually distinguishes the difference because I think right. Nephites they knew they know all the answers too. They weren't willing. I think it's interesting too that it says because of their easiness, the Lord began to pour His Spirit out upon them. The action had to come first. So what I hear you saying, Tristan, is that your choice to make the action is where you're strengthening your testimony, regardless of how you were raised. That's kind of where our, our chicken and the egg question comes up. Yeah. Do you have to act? first in order to fill the spirit yeah is or do you fill the spirit which prompts you to then act so that you get more of the spirit yeah is it linear so in verse 34 they they grew exceedingly in their knowledge and they kept the statutes and commandments and then it says then the spirit poured out upon them because of the easiness so is there something that must be done first can somebody keep the commandments and then fill the Spirit, and then it'd be easy? Or is it because they believe easy? <laughs> do you see how it's not mm. linear? How, what do you guys think? Is there, is there an order of things? I'm just curious from a teenager's perspective. Do you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's kind of both ways, to be honest, because there's countless instances in the Scriptures and in real life of people that aren't, I mean, they're members of the church, obviously, like, but 
I mean, they have chosen to live their lives in a way that don't really fall in the same guidelines and stuff. And and they could feel the spirit and, you know, they might be forced to go to a devotional or a fireside or mutual or something. And they could feel the spirit and still choose to not really live that. But not be willing. Yeah. And I think that in the same sense. You made an argument for parents just now. See? <laughs> Don't send your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I think in the same exact way, I mean, having the desire to want to learn and stuff, I feel like that encourages our Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost to give us those promptings and those spiritual experiences. I wonder if, Sister Bridge, you've had a colorful... Childhood. Well, thanks for admitting that on there. <laughs> yeah. no, nice. Colorful, not in your personal experience. Colorful oh, yeah. in the, in the people that you were around. So, would yeah. you say that there's an order to events here? Um, I'm like Tristan. I was raised in the church, but it wasn't until I actually acted that I felt the spirit really pour in. And that might be different for some, but for me, to have the spirit pour in like it did, he poured out his spirit upon the Lamanites. That's different than just a little bit here and there. There's a feeling of overwhelmingness that comes when you act. So I would say in my life and from the people that I've been surrounded by in my life, um, they act and then they receive their consequences. And it's not until they stop that pattern of cycle. Yeah. the cycle that they start to see the joy in their life and God in their life. And so for me, it's the acting comes first. Interesting. Did you have a scripture, Maddie? Um, Something that's standing out to you? Yeah, this kind of reminded, reminded me of Ether 12.6, like how you don't really get a witness until after the trial of your faith. Mm. And nice. how Christ didn't show himself unto like after he was crucified, he didn't show himself until the men until after they had already witnessed that he died and believed that he was coming back. Yeah. Well, so what do you think about that in your own life? Well, I think I have also acted and then have found, um, I don't know, like a witness after. So, so that's two. That's two. Two else. You gotta Who else act. agrees with us? Then act. you receive witness. Okay, so Elder Renlin, October 2018, he said, Our Heavenly Father's goal in parenting is not to have his children do what is right. It is to have his children choose to do what is right and ultimately become like him. If he simply wanted us to be obedient, he would use immediate rewards and punishments to influence our behavior. But God is not interested in his children just becoming trained and obedient pets who will not chew on his slippers in the celestial living room. No, God wants his children to grow up spiritually and join him in the family business. This podcast expresses independent views of hosts and guests which are our own and are not intended to reflect the official views or teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.